Hebrews 11. Uh, we're going to begin reading uh, in verse 6, but I'm going to do a little bit of review first so we can tie our lessons together. We started a series of lessons on the process of faith and how faith works. And uh, we looked at a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9. It says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. When it uh, speaks of the end of your faith, uh, in context, it is a time of great trial, test, and very difficult time. Uh, if you look at the scripture and the setting of the verse. But God gives us uh, a, a, an insight that we can get to the end of that trial, or you can get to the end of uh, that adversity. You can get to the point uh, that you actually uh, enjoy the inheritance or the provision or the promise fulfilled or the manifestation of uh, the answer to your prayer. And so uh, in the time uh, of testing, you always want to look beyond what you see around you. You want to look beyond uh, what your natural circumstances may be. You want to look to the promise of God, and you want to look to the provision of God in Christ and believe that you're going to the end. And so you want to look to the end of your faith and see yourself with that answer. Uh, see yourself with that manifestation, whether it's healing for your body or uh, uh, financial need being supplied in your life. Whatever uh, you are facing in the way of adversity, you're at the end of that. The manifestation has come. Let's say the mail has showed up at the house kind of thing. And supernaturally, you have reached that manifestation point. Praise God. So then we looked at a verse of Scripture in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. It says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. We call that the prayer of faith. What things soever you desire when you pray. So we said that desire is essential, right? Desire is essential for you to be able to pray the prayer of faith initially, but then also to last during the process because there is a process between uh, many cases, in many cases, when you pray, you don't always get an instant answer. Uh, so there's a process, a time uh, frame between the time you pray and believe that you have received and the time that you actually have it or the manifestation has come. So in that verse, he says that what things soever you desire, when you pray, what do you do? Believe that you receive them. At the point of prayer, the time that you ask and pray, you believe that you receive the answer to your prayer at that time. So believing that you have received the answer to your prayer when you pray, then he says, and you shall what? Have them. Believe that you have received them and you shall have them. So believing that you have received them initially when you pray then there's that time frame between believing you've received and having. Now, when we say believing you received them, uh, we looked at other translations that say believing you have received them. So prayer, the prayer of faith, you believe at the time that you pray that you have received them. 
And another translation says, believe that you have it already. Another says, believe that you got it and you shall have it. Or I simplified it and said, believe you got it and you'll get it. So then it's very simple in the sense of faith works this way. You believe that you receive at the moment that you pray. But the time frame between is sometimes a process. So in that process, thank God, you can believe that you received and you can keep your sights on the end of your faith and keep your sights on the promise of God and maintain your focus on the promise and the provision of God so that you're looking to the end of your faith in the process rather than just seeing what's happening around you, what's going on in your body, what's happening in your finances, what's happening in your family, what's happening in your relationships or whatever you are dealing with in the way of adversity. You want your focus to be on the promise and your focus to be on the end or the manifestation of your faith. All right. So let's uh, continue now today in uh, Hebrews 11. So we're in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. And in verse 1 in Hebrews 11, it says, now faith is. It tells you what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is another word that you could use uh, in line with desire. If you have a strong desire, that is a hope. All right, so he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you have hope. Now hope is a favorable, confident expectation. So you have expectation Hope is always in the future, isn't it? Hope is about something's different for your future than what you are experiencing presently. Desire, what things ever you desire. You're believing to receive at that moment of your prayer. Your desire is that things are different. So you have faith or you have hope, right? So now your faith, he says, is a substance of things hoped for. In other words, faith puts substance to your hope. Or your desire. Then it says it is the evidence of things not seen. So you have some evidence before you see it. So we could say we got faith, evidence. We got evidence. Well, evidence is generally something that you would use perhaps in a court of law, right? You present your evidence. So that is evidence to prove someone is guilty or prove your, uh, your lawsuit. Or whatever uh, kind of uh, court case it may be. So you are wanting to win the case, so therefore you present evidence. Well, we want to win the case. We want to get to the end of our faith, so we present our evidence. Faith is our evidence. We declare that we believe that we have received before we see, right? Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. So again, your focus is on the promise because faith is based on the known will of God. Faith is not just some shot in the dark. No, it's an enlightened step. All right, faith in God is, of course, sometimes you can't see anything going on naturally, but your faith is in God who has the power to change all of this. So you're looking unto Jesus who is the author and finisher of your faith. So God is in the process of working things for your good or turning things for your benefit. And so you've got to keep your faith in the promise and keep your focus on the promise and keep your focus on the end of your faith so that you're seeing the answer instead of the problem. You're seeing the solution instead of the problem. 
All right, so now faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Let's go down to verse 6 in the same chapter. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God or please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All right, without faith, it is impossible to please God. As a Christian, I trust that is the desire, and I believe that is the inner desire of every Christian, is to please God. So he said, without it, without faith, you cannot please God. Without it, you can't, but with it, you can. Without faith, you cannot please God. It's impossible to please God. Not just unlikely, impossible. Right? So if it's impossible to please God without faith, well, it was impossible for you to get saved. Now, the most important thing to God is for a person to be saved. That's number one on God's list, that people get saved. He would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So his first priority is that people get saved. Well, how do they get saved? They get saved through faith. We're saved by faith and by grace. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So uh, in order for a person to get saved, they need to have faith. And how do they get faith? Well, how are they going to believe unless they hear? Romans 10. How are they going to hear unless there's a preacher? How is he going to preach unless he's sin or they're sin? So God sends people to preach the gospel, and people hear the gospel, and then people believe. That's the way it works. And simple faith in God causes salvation to come to their life. It's not of works. They didn't do any special efforts, make any special efforts to get saved. A lot of people try that, but it doesn't work. Faith in God alone is what gets people saved. And faith is based on the known will of God. In other words, they got to hear the gospel. they got to hear something about what Jesus says about it or God says about it in order for them to believe. Well, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, uh, in the initial being uh, saved or experiencing salvation, the same principles are true throughout your Christian walk. You hear the Word. It produces faith. You believe that Word. You act on that Word by speaking and acting, and you get results in your life. Well, then, in this case, he says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So that would be an ongoing experience in our lives. We need faith in order to bring pleasure to God. Because God wants to answer prayer, but in order for him to answer it, we must believe. What things soever you desire when you pray, what? Believe that you receive them. Or you have faith. You exercise your faith by believing. All right, so believe that you have received them. So in order for God to get pleasure in your life, he needs you to believe, right? He needs you to believe for whatever you're asking, whatever you uh, desire from God. So he needs you to believe, but based on the word of God, because that's where faith comes from. So God's word produces faith, and you believe, and then you receive the answer to your prayer or the desire in your life. All right, so in this verse, he says that, It's impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must first do what? Believe that he is. Now, we believe that God was, we believe that he is, and we believe that he is to come, right? According to Scripture. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God had no beginning. He has no end. And he's all the in-between, right? He's everything. He's the all in all. He's Uh, He didn't have a beginning. He doesn't have an end. He was, he is, and he forever will be. 
What did God say to Moses when he sent them, sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel? He just said, said to Moses, you tell, he said, who shall I say sent me? He said, you tell them I am sent you. Well, he was, but he is. And he's going to ever be, but he is right now. In other words, he is present now, and he's present to deliver them. All right, he's present now. You got to believe that he is. In other words, you can't just come to God and say, Well, I believe that one day you're going to save me. It doesn't work that way. You got to believe that he is now, and that he is the Savior now, and that he is what? Your healer now, that he is your provider now, he is your deliverer now. So he's right now. He that comes to God must believe that he is. Now faith is. It's now. Hope is future, but faith is now. So in order to believe now, you not, must believe that he is now. Are you with me? He that comes to God must believe that he is, but then he must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That God is a rewarder. Now, a reward is more something like a, you labor and you get a reward, right? Or you, uh, you do the right thing and you make the right choice as a child, and maybe you get a reward from your parents. So a reward is like something you desire or something that, a goal that you would set out to meet. Or, uh, it, it, is a, uh, it is something that comes to you as a result. Of something, right? So let's just say uh, the Apostle Paul uh, talks about it this way in Philippians chapter 3. I press toward the what? Mark for the prize. I press toward the mark for the prize. In other words, there's a goal, but the reason for reaching the goal is to get the prize or to experience the prize or the reward. So God is a rewarder. Now, a lot of people believe that God is, but they don't believe he's a rewarder. They don't believe he's a generous God. They don't believe he's a healing God. They don't believe he's a delivering God. They don't believe a lot about God, uh, that the scripture promises that he is and declares that he is, but they don't believe it because they've not been taught or they've not been instructed or they haven't heard. And so therefore they don't have faith that God will do this for them, right? So in this case, he said, you got to believe not only that he is, but that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. All right. So if a reward would be like reaching a goal and you get the reward. All right. Let's consider football. Well, there's a lot of markers on the field. But if you don't get across the goal line, you are not going to score. You may have played good. You may have done pretty well. But you got to keep progressing downfield in order to make that goal line to score. Are you with me? So, as a Christian, sometimes faith is a process, and so you have believed that you have received. But there's a goal. In order to score, you got to go all the, all the way down, right? In order to reach the end of your faith, that's what you believe for. You believe you have received at this point. Let's say healing in your body. Well, in my case with my wife right now, in my own personal case as well for my arm, I believe I have received healing, but there's a process. Well, every time we make progress in that process, we celebrate, right? 
If you got a first down, if you're playing football and you got a first down, that's a celebration, right? It's a celebration point. It's a process to get from one end of the field to the other end in order to get a score. It's a process sometimes to get from the point of believing that I have received to the actual end of your faith. But in the process, you want celebration points. You see some progress, you celebrate your progress. But you're not finished yet. Because you're looking to the end of your faith. You're not just believing, well, that's great. We got this. We're thankful. And that's the end of your faith. No, that's not the end. You believe, in our case, we believe that we receive 100% full restoration and recovery. So we're in a process, but we celebrate the progress in the process, but we still believe for the 100%. Are you with me? So as, as you're in the process... There's uh, that time frame in between, so you want to maintain your focus, because if you lose your focus and lose, uh, if you lose your attention on the, on the promise, you can kind of settle for less, or you can just kind of give up on the promise, get weary in well-doing, and think it's not going to happen, and just... Lose your strength and desire, right? That's why you need desire initially to pray, but you need a strong enough desire to stay with it every day and to stay with it till you reach the end of your faith or the manifestation or the answer to your prayer. All right, so here he says that you got to be diligent. So that means I got to be diligent to keep my focus on the promise. Well, in order to be diligent to, be, uh, to keep my focus on the promise, then I'm going to have to uh, cast down my thoughts, imaginations, images, pictures. Pictures of failure or images of failure or uh, thoughts of failure or reasoning of failure that this is not going to work. What I believe to receive And believe I have received that this is not going to work like I have believed. No, no, no. You have to continue to refocus your mind. Refocus your thoughts. Refuse to accept this as the end or this as uh, what God's will is for your life. You have to stay with the process. Be diligent to cast down imaginations and every high thing or fears that may come to you or uh, emotions that may want to dominate you in the middle of the storm or in the middle of the process or in the time frame that uh, you're still having those images. You're still having the circumstances. You're still feeling the stuff in your body. You're, uh, you still don't see the provision that you need in your life or you still don't see your family saved or you still don't see whatever you're believing for. You still haven't come to that manifestation point. So you've got to say, I'm not looking at what I see. I'm looking at what I believe. Now, stay with me, though. So now we want to just kind of, it takes diligence to do that. It takes kind of staying on top of it, so to speak. So you got to pray faithfully. You got to meditate on the word faithfully. You got to speak the word faithfully. And you got to cast down those imaginations because you just can't do that naturally. But if you get the word of God on the inside of you and you speak that word against those thoughts, against those imaginations, against the circumstances, 
Now, faith is never denying there is a mountain. Faith is facing the fact there is a mountain, but believing God to remove the mountain, and your speaking has much to do with that removal. Are you with me? So sometimes it's a process. You'd like for the mountain to just move, but sometimes you're moving parts of the mountain in the process. So then, celebrate your progress, but don't quit in the middle. Don't stop till the end of your faith is reached. So let's go to 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, we're going to go to chapter 4. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, we always would love to read the whole context, but for the sake of time, it's not doable. And so we're going to look at verse 18. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Paul said here, while we look not to the things that are seen. In other words, you've got to take your eyes off the scene. Because the scene is dictating to you it's not working. The scene is telling you not going to happen. The scene is telling you natural circumstances will talk you out of your faith. Because your reasoning, your eyes see it. I mean, it's real. It's a real mountain. It's a real situation. It's a real adversity. It's a real problem. Right? So your eyes see it, your natural mind starts telling you, uh, that's not working, this is not going to happen. Well, then you have to say, oh, no, 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 no. You go back to your prayer of faith, I believe that I have received. And so you begin to praise God with the promise, right? So in this verse, he says, while we look not, meaning that I've got to look away from. I, it, not denying that it exists, but you can't focus your attention on it. Because if you focus on the problem too much, it'll drain you of your faith. But if you focus on the promise, it increases and builds your faith. So you keep looking to the promise of God. The promise of God is based on God's provision. All the promises of God in Him are what? Yes and amen. In Him, meaning that in and through Jesus Christ, all the promises of God in the Old Covenant are now fulfilled in the person of Jesus. So all the promises of God in Him are yes. So God's already said yes to all of His promises. So He is a fulfillment of all the promises of God. In Him, they are fulfilled. So in other words, they're like in the bank. If you have a debit card and you got money in the bank, you can buy what you want to buy as long as you got the money or resources in the account, right? Well, if Jesus put it in the account, he put salvation, he put healing, he put prosperity, provision, he put all kinds of stuff, all of the inheritance is in the account. And you're an heir of God and you are what? Join heirs with Christ. Join heirs. My wife and I have a joint account. In other words, whatever's hers is mine. I have access. She has access. At will. At will, she has access. At will, I have access. All right, so God has made his account your inheritance. 
and Jesus has access, and you have access. And that account is sealed by the blood of Jesus, and he's already signed. Some accounts, you have a joint account, and you have to have two signatures. Not so in our marriage. But in some accounts, some business accounts, you have to have two signatures. Well, Jesus has already signed. But he needs your signature or your agreement. All right? All the promises of God in him are yes and what? Amen. Amen is your signature. Yes is his. He said yes to it. He signed for it in his blood. And then you have to add your amen. So the signature is your signature now is your faith in God and saying, I believe that I receive. And so while you're believing that you receive your inheritance, which belongs to you, you got to keep focusing on the promise because all the promises in him are yes. Doesn't look like any change or maybe some change, but not all change has yet occurred. And so you're believing for the end of your faith. So you keep your faith on the promise so that you can continue your progress. Are you with me? So focusing your faith on the promise of God or focusing, looking. Now, what does he say? While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Whew! So you can actually look at things that you don't see. Faith is a what? Substance of things not that, that are hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. So faith is evidence of things that you don't see. But you've got evidence. When you think about evidence, evidence is something you've got to present. So we've got evidence. Faith is my evidence. So I'm looking beyond what I see. I'm looking away from what I see naturally. I'm looking to what I can see spiritually. Because he says, while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Very clearly, you're looking at something you can't see. You can do that with the promise of God. And the promise of God can give you a new image. The promise of God can give you a new imagination. The promise of God can give you a new picture rather than that old picture that is painted by all the circumstances and all the challenges and all the tests. And that paints a picture, but now I have a new picture, and this picture is the end of my faith. This picture is the promise of God fulfilled in my life. This picture is a manifestation of God's power in my life on my behalf so that I actually receive the fulfillment of the promise. So you're looking to him. You're looking to the promise of God. You're looking beyond what you see. All right? For the things which are seen are what? Temporal. But the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. In other words, temporal, meaning it's earthly, it's natural. And so we have a lot of natural. When you have adversity, there's a lot of natural stuff you gotta, you, you got to contend with. you got to deal with. It's stuff in your face. It's lack of resources, finances, or it's healing or, or sickness in your body. You know, you, you've not yet fully realized in your life uh, full health and strength in your body. So uh, you've got those things to contend with. So now we've got to keep our focus on the eternal rather than on the temporal. All right, temporal. We'll consider the word temporal or we could say temporary. 
Because all temporal things are temporary. Life in this earth is temporary. The earth itself is temporary. Temporary meaning it's not going to last forever. That might seem like a long time, but it's temporary because it's not eternal. All right, so this earth is actually going to melt with fervent heat. So it's going to actually pass away, and God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth because God's going to actually dissolve anything that has any trace of sin and its effect of the curse. He's going to do away with it. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And if you consider uh, the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, it wasn't like there was nothing here. It just says it was... It was Without form and void and darkness feel. All right, so, but God spoke and he spoke light into the darkness. God spoke and created right in the middle of that darkness, God brought light. And so in your darkness, God can bring light. His word can bring light to any dark place, anything that is, needs some renovation, if you will, or change or restoration. God can speak into that thing and bring light in your darkness. All right, so uh, let's consider uh, my wife. She's in therapy right now. She's uh, in rehab. And so I have a contact for her. It's different from her phone. She doesn't have her phone because it has too much technology, too much connection everywhere, and it's too overwhelming, way too much right now. So I have a different contact, and that contact says Vicky, but it says temporary. It's temporary. It's not forever. It's not for a long period of time. It's temporary. Why? Because we don't see it Forever. We don't see it eternal. We don't see it for a long period of time. It's temporary. We see that she's healed. She's whole. We're going through a process, but we're getting to the end of our faith. Thank you, Jesus. Because we're not looking at things that are temporal or temporary. We're looking to things that are eternal. So we're looking to the eternal promises of God. Eternal because they are unchangeable like God himself. The promises of God are eternal. God said it. God spoke it. He spoke it out of himself, so it represents him. He and his word are one. So if he said it, it's going to be like him. In other words, if he said it, you can't reverse it. Temporary things are reversible. Temporary things are changeable. But these things are eternal. The promises of God are eternal. So in your life, you're banking on something that is eternal. Even God himself cannot change it. Why? Because God cannot lie. He has to back up his own word. It's totally against his character, his nature to change it. The covenant that he has made with us is based on nothing less than the blood of Jesus Christ. And so it's unalterable. It's unchangeable. He will not alter the things that have gone out of his lips. He will not change his covenant. His covenant is good, and it's based on the work of redemption. So God's word is good. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. Now, God doesn't change, nor does his word change. And he warns us about taking away or adding to. 
So his word doesn't change. He doesn't change. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he is the I am as well. And we must believe that he is like present now to act on our behalf. Because faith is now. Are you with me? So we're looking beyond what we see to something that we don't see naturally, but we do see spiritually. We do see the promise of God, and we see it fulfilled in our life. Hallelujah. Because we believe that we have received. And so we thank God in the middle of the process. In the middle of it, you count it all joy. No reason to be joyful if you're considering circumstances. But if you consider the promise of God, it's a good reason to rejoice. Hallelujah. So then you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. I said we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we're looking away from our natural sight. We're putting faith in the promise. We're putting faith in the Word of God. And the Word of God is real. And the Word of God turns our captivity. Praise God. So God's word is working mightily in your situation. God's word is working mightily on your behalf. God's word is working while you're believing. You're the believer. God is the performer. 